Hello everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Concast, the consulting podcast of NIBM. Today we have Neha Gupta, Director, Mergers and Acquisitions at Deloitte. Ma'am is a commerce graduate from Sri Shikshayatan College, Calcutta and a qualified chartered accountant and a qualified company secretary. She started her career with Vinod Kothari Consultants, a premier consulting house in Eastern India, where she advised clients across sectors on corporate law matters, tax and regulatory issues in mergers and acquisitions, leasing and other financial transactions. She specializes in mergers and acquisitions, business restructuring, transaction structuring and due diligence. At present, Ma'am is the part of the Deloitte India Mergers and Acquisitions Transaction Advisory Group where she manages advisory projects for domestic and multinational clients across the deal continuum including due, due diligence, reviews, conceptualizations and implementations of mergers, divestitures, acquisition strategy, joint ventures and transaction structuring for clients across industry sectors. Today, Consult is grateful to host her for a podcast on mergers and acquisitions in global marketplace, investigating current trends, challenges and future implications. Ma'am, before we begin our discussion on the topic, could you please tell us more about yourself and your journey? Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Ananya, for a wonderful introduction and good morning, all of you. Uh, it's so good to see uh, young, smiling faces. I, I encourage if the other participants also can come on video. It makes it a lot more engaging and interesting for me. And uh, for those who are not there in front of me, but will be uh, listening to us later on, a uh, very good morning to all of you. I am uh, Neha, as Ananya just mentioned. I am part of the mergers and acquisition or so-called transaction advisory team of Deloitte India. And I have been associated with the firm for uh, more than a decade now and uh, have been specializing on MA transactions right from mergers, uh, divestment, uh, you know, as Ananya was pointing out. Prior to that, uh, with Vinod Kothari, uh, also had a similar uh, work experience. And uh, let me tell you that it's very, very interesting and engaging. Uh, you know, the profile is very engaging because it's, it doesn't only focus. Sorry, I have a uh, you know, bad phone today. So, uh, apologies for. For the disturbance. So uh, uh, it, it doesn't focus on only one particular aspect of MA. We get to evaluate like uh, all the phases of the deal life cycle and from multiple angles. I think that's what uh, makes the you know, work journey a lot more interesting. And I encourage all of you uh, if you know any of you wants to uh, make a career in MA, then you know just to build on that dream and have the right kind of attitude and aptitude and pursue that journey. It is an amazing field and MA is just not, you know, it has multiple facets. Maybe you may want to pick up onto one particular aspect of it, could be a commercial side, a financial side, maybe a tax and a regulatory side, or could be the valuation or deal making side. So the the profile is immense. It depends on to you where does your interest lie? How do you want to take it up? And anyways, I am available uh, for any of you to reach out to me and discuss with me if there is anything that I can help uh, all these young budding minds. You know, so uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, I I don't want to get too much into what I do. That might sound boring. So I thought I'll make it 
uh, probably discuss something that is more interesting and relevant for all of you. I hope that that, that was useful. We can proceed. Thank you so much, ma'am. Yours is a one-of-a-kind journey and profile, and you know we are truly grateful to have you with us today. So moving on to you know discussing our topic for the day, ma'am. Business now operate in a set of circumstances that has been reshaped by pandemic, and uh, we all would agree with that. The outburst of the second wave of the pandemic caused a series of unprecedented challenges for the economy. Globally as well, companies are you know, grappling with significant disruptions and uncertainties in terms of managing and operating their businesses. It has uh, thus become imperative to take corrective actions for transversing through such challenges. Ma'am, how do you think companies have transitioned from the pre-COVID to post-COVID and what are the driving forces? First of all, um, going a little back to uh, to the past, when uh, all of this started, and I'm sure none of us sitting over here had ever thought about that such a pandemic could also exist, and we all, you know, would be grappling with it. So, uh, I would say that it it's it has affected uh, mostly everybody adversely, but in only on some count it has. You know, given something favorable to all our lives, and uh, I would say that that's been a big learning. I, and I think all of us have evolved somewhere or the other, other, and so the world, uh, so is the world, and the companies and the industries who's operating into this space. So things are not normal, as you know, businesses are uh, around the world consider how they can return from this torment that got inflicted by the coronavirus. So uh, somewhere, you know, uh, I was reading in, uh, an article also around that where McKinsey had highlighted five qualities that is basically critical for, you know, businesses to bounce back. Because uh, if we go quarter-wise, then the first quarter, I think everything went on a standstill and nobody knew uh, what, you know, what holds uh, in store for them for future. So people thought the right strategy would be to just, just stop wherever you are and see what's, what's uh, you know, erupting in front of you. Somewhere in the second quarter, when people started understanding what this virus is, the businesses started booming, and by the third quarter, things were pretty much normal. But with the onset of COVID second wave, I think everybody got shattered all over again. So in this uh, entire journey, there was a real hunt to search for a new normal, because we know that uh, the world like before is never going to exist, at least not for you know, many, many years from now. So we have to find out our ways to strive and thrive in this particular world only. And those five qualities that I was, you know, reading about from the McKinsey article was basically uh, that you have to basically, first of all, resolve. Then you have to build a resilience. The third point was a return. And Fourth was reimagination, and fifth one was reform. So uh, we noted that these would likely to be, you know, overlapping over one over the other, somewhere or the other in the stages of life. But the order also might differ depending on the business, the sector, and the country that we are operating into. But eventually, these strategies are going to help people. In so, first of all what became very, very important was to build on the strategy to recover revenue. So everybody got a, you know, mindset like that of a startup, that the first objective is to clock revenue and to recover whatever you have built. I think that that's 
cash cash became the king in this uh, covid market so recovering revenue was the utmost uh, top you know agenda in the mind second was rebuilding operations because you were operating into a certain mode and pattern which which became redundant you cannot run your businesses or your operations the way you were doing for ages so suddenly everywhere started you know somewhere moving towards digitization or uh, you know this work from home model became very very popular and then people started thinking how is it that we bring more and more of creative thinking and innovation into our businesses so that we stay relevant and we are not wiped out because everything has taken a digital or a virtual sets you know shape and to stay relevant you'll have to live up to those expectations third was rethinking the organization which is you know the new setup can we call all our thousands of workforce back to work to stay you know and and sit under one roof it's not possible so you have to somewhere trust your workforce let them work uh, out of uh, you know their respective uh, homes or maybe from distant offices like a satellite office or something then then there was a need for getting into a hybrid model or something where where these because it's a human tendency that they you know love to mingle come meet with their colleagues that somewhere channelizes the energy so this hybrid model is slowly becoming popular where where you you know meet your colleagues like once or two days or in a week or you go for meetings when it's mostly execution or something which can be done offhand that's something you can do uh, from a virtual setup the fourth one was accelerating the adoption of digital solutions so firstly when all of these started we know how to connect to their colleagues forget about handling an mnad where you have to like handle but these platforms kept up and to be very honest i think all of us would agree that somewhere all of our their efficiencies increase many fold what we could do in a physical setup long back that's that's not happened i mean we are able to lot to lot many meetings these days we are able to you know prioritize our work better because that travel time is cut down and all of that so i think th these uh, strategies have somewhere helped the companies to transition from a pre covid to post covid and that's that's going to be the you know normal and that's going to continue and stay for many many years so i hope i've been able to answer you nanya and the team definitely ma'am that answers our question and we completely agree that the pandemic has contributed positively as well as negatively to our efficiency and business organizations uh, ma'am the pandemic caused some major disruptions in global market market transactions uh if you could please brief us on the changing landscape of the global marketplace and how they are reviving after the major economic downturn attributed by the pandemic that that's a that's a very interesting question and and very very relevant also uh, you know just taking on to the discussion that we had just a minute back that covid has a very devastating impact on our economy and plenty of the small businesses not only you know ha had to shut down temporarily but some of them have uh, you know gone out of the you know of the site and they are not going to open back up ever so these businesses are looking to open up in the middle of you know figuring out how recovery would be how this pandemic is going to last so one of these bigger challenges for businesses is to resume post pandemic and is to uh, you know operate in a new market altogether now uh, we all would agree with this that now consumers have 
change their buying habits completely over almost a year long quarantine and so there is a very very big shift in the demand so keeping in mind these changes in the consumer market habits and behavior we uh, you know we thought that some some of uh, these strategies are actually in, you know helping uh, the cha- changing landscape of global market so first of all i think all of these organizations somewhere are looking to cater the same needs in a new ways so uh, be it you know our our requirements on a, any particular interest areas now that is being addressed more and more virtually and uh, you know in a in a different setup our needs for certain kinds of goods and services have gone down while for others it has picked up so uh, that's i think catering to the needs in a new way is going to be the new uh, you know next set of strategy secondly offering value where others don't so uh, in this pandemic you would see that there has uh, you know been an evolvement of very such businesses that never existed before or there were certain areas that you know were, were never uh, being catered to so for example these uh, very very simple example of these online meeting platforms i don't think uh, any one of us was using it so uh, you know prominently the way we have started living with it so in a day we are doing at least 10 to 20 calls on this you know in, in this platform suddenly this uh, media uh, entertainment and all of those uh, in digital form has become very very uh more popular not that it did not exist but suddenly it has picked up pace so offering value where others are not or something which which was in very prominent before has become the new next strategy enabling an easier and more comfortable lifestyle because all of us are going through a lot in terms of our mental stress also of working out of home and also you know living up with the situation that covid has to offer the first wave and the second wave had a you know lot of damage that it had caused to all of our lives so somewhere an easier and a more comfortable lifestyle is what uh, is going to be the need of the hour delivering digital commerce like we discussed it's it's getting more and more popularity somewhere focus on the distribution is going to be very relevant because uh everybody is you know looking for channels or uh, avenues where this distribution happens right at their doorstep so that that's that's one area which is going to pick up lot more uh, you know lot more importance these days other than that prioritizing the customer satisfaction has become important because uh, customer is the new king and you have to cater to all of the you know their requirements so also adoption of new communication channels uh, that's that's i think one more uh, topic that we have already discussed so this this basically i think as you know some some of the key characteristics that could be picked up uh, which has completely changed the landscape of the global marketplace and that's helping you know our economy to rebound post this pandemic's huge economic downturn and needless to mention even the payment patterns have you know changed or evolved a lot uh, in the marketplace in the global marketplace so uh, you know more and more cross border order payments both p2p p and uh, b2b are becoming you know reinvented cryptocurrencies are there uh, th- that explosion is something that we can see uh, all across continuous trend trend that began in us throughout 2010 which is around 10 which is around the saas platform is becoming more and more important so fintech um, and uh, you know 
digitization, globalization of e-commerce, uh, changes in the consumer behavior. These are, you know, Ananya, some of the key uh, things that I think we can all uh, take on from the changing global marketplace landscape. Definitely, ma'am. We agree that, you know, in such challenging times, companies, they do need to assess the possible impact of COVID-19 on their businesses and customer needs, obviously, and appropriately plan for the future course of action. And it would be more important to revisit and rethink strategy for restructuring structuring opportunities. And we all would agree that it has become, you know, quite pertinent to explore some of the strategies to create a significant footprint in the new normal. And it is important for the companies to modify their ways of doing business in recent scenarios. Ma'am, do you think M&A could be a strategy to deal with the economic downturn and cha changing uh, scenarios and landscapes? Yes, absolutely. So uh, m and &E is the next big thing and that also shows on the number. While the last year had, you know, uh, had so much for the businesses to suffer, but if you look at the overall trend uh, at which these m and &E deals, you know, got locked, uh, it showed a, a significant, you know, growth in the overall valuation for the m and &E deals. If I were to give you uh, some of the statistics around that, that India's GDP was estimated to be approximately two trillion US dollars for FY20 with an annual growth rate of 4.2%. However, due to the pandemic, it forecasted that GDP for the year would see a contraction of around 5.9%. As per United uh, Nations Conference, uh, you know, on trade and development report. So, according uh, to the World Bank, also India has been, you know, witnessing though it would. Uh, witnessing a massive lockdown primarily due to the um, you know slowdown and all of that that the economy had to offer but the MNADs both on the PE and the strategic side saw uh, you know big boom especially on the you know on the private equity side and the major reason uh, for that was you know the back-to-back -back, uh, investment that the Reliance deals had to you know, uh, receive and also some somewhere uh, this also can be attributed to the insolvency and bankruptcy code uh, related deals. So these two somewhere had recorded for a very, very good significant MA growth in the last year. So uh and talking about the sectors, you know, like for airlines, aviation, hospitality, transport, these were uh, I think were amongst the worst hit due to shutdown. Uh, of the operation, but somewhere uh, they uh, felt the need that this is not the way. I mean, they cannot continue, uh, you know, surviving their businesses if they operate in the same way. So somewhere, what became very very important for them to change on uh, to adopt to certain new MA strategies. For some, these MNAs came out as a defensive uh, form of a strategy, and for some of them, it was like an offensive mode of a strategy. And what became very very important on their mind was to. Uh, cash conservation and cash generation was uh, very important and how that was achieved by either shutting down of an operation or a business wing which is not doing very good or something that you know you, you had thought that you will probably be um, kind of you know discovering or you would be taking a chance with so I people I think thought that this is probably not the right time because now is the need for saving on to more and more cash so shutting down of the uh, unviable or new and upcoming, uh, you know, new businesses that was not tried ever before. 
that was the first thing second was hiving or or divesting the businesses uh, that they thought they do not want to focus on in this particular type uh, you know time period so that that's where you would have noticed a lot of divestment or divestures happening maybe by way of a slam sale or a deal merger thirdly there was also um, this big trend in the market that many of these startups and other uh, you know uh, target entities which were earlier available at a very very uh, higher prices because of you know of a supporting market were suddenly uh, started being available in the market at a highly discounted rate and that offered you know that that offered them as a very lucrative target to acquire in this second world so uh, with all the pent up demand in the first and the second quarter of uh, the covid suddenly the mna deal started picking up a lot in the third quarter and that that's a trend that we are currently seeing i mean seeing now also wherein uh, people are looking to do more and more of creative thinking and uh, adopting to mna uh, as a tool to survive into this pandemic world thank you so much ma'am for answering that question i think that you know uh, briefed us well about how mna can be your strategy to uh, withstand the economic downturn that we are facing as of now ma'am uh, what role do you think capabilities and competencies play during mergers and acquisitions of two companies okay sure so maybe uh, we we in mna world uh, do not term it like a capability or competency we we uh term it little differently so it's about a more of a strategic uh, or a financial fitment so in the mna world you will basically uh, see that there are two kinds of deals that happens one could be the strategic deal where the investors are looking at the businesses not only to invest into that for a financial return but also to stay invested and you know co create the value around with the existing promoters while in a in a financial deal or in a private equity deal the intent is to invest only for making you know some uh, time bound returns and gains and there is really no interest in running the business together the running of businesses is mostly on the promoter side so in both of you know these categories of deals you will see there are different competencies and capabilities that are that are required and it becomes very very important because especially in a strategic deal uh, if you have not been able to establish a strategic fitment uh, with the two uh, businesses that are coming together or two people two parties who are coming together with respect to creating maybe a new third business or uh, doing the two businesses together if the competencies and capabilities on various front right from uh, a financial uh, you know financial uh, modeling of the business secondly on the commercial viability if the if the, you know this mna deal has anything favorable to offer on the commercial viability of the business thirdly i would say also on the technological advancement if if uh, you know there is any commonality if um, the mnas of these two organizations are only going to advance on to their technological objectives how about the hr how about the you know human resources are are there uh, you know values or and principles and the standards at at which they operate into two different organizations are going to be gelled up together and uh, you know it is going to come out in a manner which is going to boost the overall motivation and morale of these employees 
So that becomes another important aspect which is required to be considered. And needless to mention, the there is, there is always a hunt for finding out that it's factored in the deal, which is also known as a synergy. That if these two businesses are doing together, you know, wonderful separately, then what is the need for bringing them together? What is that extra value that these are bringing onto the table? So obviously, uh, the competencies and capabilities are basically tested on various parameters before the two businesses ever decide to come together or what investor looks to uh, invest its funds into the other business uh, because it's, uh, it's those competencies and capabilities only which is also uh, you know, uh, return, give that kind of return which the investors or this strategic players would be investing, would be expecting out of the deals. Thank you so much, ma'am. It was, uh, you know, really grateful to listen to you and we got some real good insights on the MA strategies, the current trends, challenges and future implications. And you very well briefed us on how the companies should be rethinking their strategies, reevaluating what they did in past to withstand the economic downturn that we are facing. Ananya, maybe uh, if, if yes, you allow me two more minutes. Then probably we can also, uh, you know, talk about some some of the you know major trends that we are seeing in the MA world. I thought that that might also be very very helpful for our audiences. Uh, would you would we have like a little more time around that? Sure, ma'am. Sure, ma'am. We, uh, we, we would be grateful to listen to you on that too. Sure. So uh, I thought that you know this uh, new tech world that we are all existing, uh, we can we can also have a little bit of discussion around that that driven by this digital revolution, the fintech startups are, you know, they have been shaking up the traditional banking sector. And since we all are somewhere, you know, uh, understand all of this uh, better than us, then probably, I mean, this could be an interest area that we should be talking about. So this, with very new and frequently, you know, disruptive business models, fintech startups are coming more and more and uh, somewhere mergers and acquisitions activities have also picked up you know, in this coronavirus pandemic. So since early 2020, the world economy, you know, was facing a crisis following the economic impasse. While the pandemic is increasingly, you know, increasing the level of uncertainty in the MA market and forcing buyers to be more cautious, it is also creating new opportunities. So in general, the fintech market, you know, which basically can be divided into various segments. The payment segment has, you know, of major relevance, especially in relation to MNAs. So these segments, which, you know, uh, would essentially include the giant payment services like, like, you know, the providers of PayPal or Klarna has a share of approximately 80% as measured by revenue. Although these payments is the largest segment in terms of turnover volume, the margin of companies in segment is often low due to the intense competition. For this reason, size matters in this segment and increasing consolidation is happening and is also expected in the you know, future time to come. Currently, a large number of consolidations and takeovers or many activities are taking place. For instance, last year, the payment company Worldline bought you know, its French peer in Genico. Uh, in Genico, I, I, we all have you know, would have heard about that and that was a massive deal. Uh, with a massive valuation of, I think, approximately seven to eight billion euros. So uh, this uh, and globally in the year 2019, there were around 2,700 fintech mergers and acquisition transactions that had happened with a total deal valuation of 122 billion. 
so uh, these numbers are becoming very very encouraging for all of us and this segmentation into economic areas reveals that especially in emerging markets and countries fintech transactions are not yet as common as present in the usa so uh, in the times to come we are going to see lot and lot of fintech startup or maybe an insurtech startup or uh, something on the red tech prop tech uh, are going to Femtech also for that matter, matter these are all going to come up and uh, somewhere uh, these startups are going to be acquired by uh, the players into other industries because uh, like we discussed that digitization, having new digital uh, models into the business um, is going to be the new surviving and thriving strategies for all of these businesses that have been you know playing into india for ages so these startups have gotten very very big market and also on the on the fundraising side we are seeing how you know our ipo market is been witnessing a boom in india uh, and also talking about the SPAC market, that's also has picked up immensely in this particular year. So uh, not only that these stack tech startups are going to evolve a lot and are going to see a lot and lot of m &A activities, but you are also likely to see uh, some of these startups after they have matured a bit to either go for IPO if they have been able to fulfill the conditions over there, or they might also look to go onto any of the USA or to the European bourses for, for a SPAC listing and get, you know, an immense valuation out there. So that that's going to be another big, massive trend into the MA market. So I thought that might also be helpful for the students there. Uh, I hope, uh, you know, this, this, this gives you a little more perspective area. Yeah. Definitely, ma'am. Uh, you know, while 2020 was hit by the COVID pandemic and it brought many surprises for the fintech players and other financial institutions in India, Indian fintech have, you know, grown and innovated and kind of succeeded in bringing the digital transformation as we talked about the meeting, the WebEx meeting that we are having in the new normal era. And uh, technology can power a lot of positive change in the financial system in the country as well, with the development agenda of the regulatory environment, backed by patient and long-term capital to you know efficiently strengthen the financial ecosystem that we have here. India can be a pioneer in increasing its economic, uh, you know, might be might by using technology in this fourth industrial re revolution. So yeah, that was really helpful for us to get your insight on you know M&A in this fantastic tech world and thank you so much ma'am it was really great listening to you and your insights on the topic and i'm sure that the listeners of the podcast will get a lot of insight into it as well yeah thank you so much ma there is you know i hope this discussion was helpful don't you know this short span is very very little for us to even start and discuss on any topic but feel free if there is anything that i can be of help with if you want any further clarification any of the questions or the aspects that we discussed today feel free to reach out to me write to me and we can take on you know, more elaborate discussions